It's that time again. It is Monday night. It's 9 p.m. My shit is blowing up, bro. And it's time to start the show. What's up to all our sidekicks and hedge folk out there in the Geek Nation? You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, a.k.a. Spoiler Alert, episode 774, wherein we will review a smattering of this past week's comic books. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, a super rad shop for super rad folks. This episode is brought to you by the letter Bad Things Happen in Philadelphia. So I make, uh, during, during the presidential debate, air, do, I was, are these, do these count as air quotes? Yeah. They're, they're air I, quotes. Yeah. They're the only thing. I, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I don't think this counts as air quotes. <laughs> Or this counts as air quotes, but this counts as air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, during the financial, uh, the financial, the, the the presidential debate, when uh, old Diddle Dicks was saying dumb shit about Philadelphia, he said bad things happen in Philadelphia. So I made, I immediately made a T-shirt, sticker, and now an enamel pin that says bad things happen in Philadelphia with a little illustration oh. of Gritty that I've done. And so these are new, and I also did plants parenthood for people who love their plants i did another enamel pin for plant parenthood so yeah i'm excited about these so i thought i'd show them off what is the retail value of these pins and where can somebody find them uh they're ten dollars plus shipping you can find them on my etsy at johnny destructo or yeah johnny destructo.com that's it did it nailed it what's Uh, the emotional value the emotional is Impossible to gauge. Cool. But uh, fulfilling in all the ways that matter. Yeah. Yes. Definitely in the positive sense. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Guaranteed to bring you at least one orgasm. And uh, honestly, multiple. If you, you, let's say, like some pain with your pleasure, they are enamel pins. So it can be (laughs) multiple points of positivity. Shoving thing up your... And oh, Dan is really? in the comments cool. saying, I got, my, <laughs> I got my sticker in the mail today. I'm glad you got it, Dan. Yeah. I sent out nice. stickers to, nice. to all my Patreons. I sent out free stickers. What was the sticker this time? Oh, was this the one, it was the one that I mentioned before that I, I just now got around to sending out. It was the Sweet. Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows. Ah, uh, yes, yes. It says, yeah. um, fuck forever, uh, suck blood and fuck forever. Nice. I'm really looking forward to that new show, uh, Our Flag Means Death, with Reese Darby as the the gentleman pirate, um, who people may remember from the What We Do in the Shadows movie and uh, Flight of the Concords, and Taika Waititi shows up as Blackbeard on occasion. Nice. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Joining me this week, 
Noel and Brian. Nar- Noel Dar- Bartocci and Brian Lieb. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi. The uh, discussion topic that is in the notes says, how many Aquaman are there and should <laughs> and should they all be called Aquaman? So if there's a thing going on right now in comic books and in media in general, film and what have you, right? So there was a new Halloween, Halloween 2018. It's just called Halloween. And the way we differentiate it from the original Halloween from 1978 is to call it Halloween 2018. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre just came out last week or two weeks ago. Called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, there's Miles Morales Spider-Man. There's Peter Parker Spider-Man. They're both called Spider-Man in universe. Now this week we're going to be wa- reading the Aquaman because there are two Aquaman. There's Arthur and Jackson Hyde, and they're both called Aquaman. And so I am not a big fan of that. I think if you've got new characters like Miles, like Jackson Hyde, who are newish, right? I mean, they're not new. Um, Jackson Hyde was previously Aqualad, and then he became Aquaman. So uh, it just Did it he frustrates become Aquaman me. for a while, and then Arthur Curry was off doing something else, and then he came back. Is sure. that Jackson Hyde's too? That sounds like it could have been a thing. Right on. And I then don't you know, read Aquaman, <laughs> Superman, son of Kal El. So John Ken Superman. is called Superman, but when Superman returns, is he going to be Superman, and they're going to be two Supermen? Two Super. Who, who needs right. two Supermen? Uh, Am I the only Captain one who America's gets a little now. frustrated by this? Um, I at least with Captain America, you can say Captain's America, and that's, <laughs> that's <what laughs> Super Man. <laughs> you yeah, just call them Super Man. Um, I <laughs> Aquas Man. I, I don't. I don't. Ca- I only care in regards to logistics. So, like in this week's Aquaman, which we'll review really quickly and talk about it later on, is um. There's literally a conversation in the book about, like, who do we call who what? The aqua Like, so in regards to, like, story logistics, I do care because I think it's clunky. Um, even when you joke about it, it's like, all right, so what do you refer to that one versus what do you refer to that one and why? Like, anybody can have the same code name. That's great. It's just work a way around it. Um, a lot of times, especially in Marvel comics, like, there's two Hawkeyes. When they're conversing with each other and or just out and about because they don't actually have secret identities. It's just Kate, Clint, or one will call one the other or the other. Like, so it doesn't bother me and I don't care. But when they like make note of it or if there's no like story reason for you to not have to say two different names that are – or two two people with the same name, it's like – Annoying. Same with like Halloween 2018. Just call it Halloween 2018, as in not brackets or an asterisk. Halloween 2018. Yeah. Who cares? Because yeah. I'm vernacularly calling it Halloween 2018. So just make it Halloween 2018. Yeah, everyone is. Yeah. Although it's not true. Not everyone. Some people call it Halloween because yeah. um, David Gordon Green directed this Halloween, so they've given it the cute moniker Halloween. I assume for things like Halloween or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it is a purely marketing decision. And they're like, well, we don't want to call it Halloween 27 because we won't get as many viewers, right? It would only be 13, 12. Well, even just now. Okay, so Halloween 2018 happened. It was called Halloween. And now the next one was called Halloween Kills. And the, Hmm. the one that's coming up is called Halloween Ends. 
just throw another word on Halloween Halloween 2018. Halloween yeah. again. Begins. Halloween returns. Halloween begins, sure. <laughs> Halloween returns. Yeah. That would have been great. Another year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween oh. this year. Although, it, it does make me laugh because it makes it sound like Michael Myers' name is Halloween. Well, they did it with the second and the third Halloween one. Halloween back. They did it with the second and the oh, third no, one. Oh, no, Halloween's after So they us. might as well have, like, retroactively done it with the first one. Like, Halloween kills. It, like, Halloween is yeah. the... Sounds like his name is... Yeah. Ha- Halloween's coming is to get us. He's got a knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing a Halloween mask. Just like, <laughs> like every, every, every... Classic Halloween! Every loud... La- it validates every loud audience member who is like, is Halloween around the corner? Is that Halloween that's coming to get you? <laughs> yeah, like Jason. Yeah. Like, yeah, Friday the 13th is coming to get us. Yeah. He's got a machete. <laughs> it's it's calling. It's the same. It's the same thing as uh, when they like the Nightmare on Elm Street films. People just started calling them Freddy. Freddy one, two, three, five. Like just all the Freddy movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the other way around. Be like, is that Nightmare on Elm Street over there? Nightmare on Elm Street's coming to get us. <laughs> or they changed the titling to just it's Freddy Eight now, which they did with Freddy's Dead. It was just like fuck it. They could do like Nightmare on Elm Street moves, <laughs> and then he's Nightmare on some other like. Park Boulevard. Well, you know, gentrification probably got rid of the whole block, and now yeah. he had to. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even nightmares can't afford it. Nightmare on Sunshine Circle doesn't have. You know what? <laughs> I want to see. I want to see that movie where they take the old Kruger house and they turn it into a coffee shop and like a new bustling kind of neighborhood, uh, and it's haunted. <laughs> now, like, as far as the comic character, yeah, evil. As far as the comic character stuff goes, that would be cool. Let me know when that happens. Um, Next week. The comic character stuff goes, the first I remember is Green Arrow, right? When Connor Hawk had been Green Arrow for a while. And this was a while ago, but it didn't happen again for some time where there were more than one at a time. And I think it often happens in those circumstances where somebody has had that name for a while and then the original one comes back and they don't want to downgrade the other guy and nothing else sounds as cool, right? Like Miles Morales, I think they may have even tried out a couple of other possible names or on like one of the animated shows, they gave him another name and it's like, well, it's all right, (laughs) but it's not Spider-Man, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was of two minds at first. I'm like, well, there's multiple people named Rupert in the world, right? Why can't you have multiple people named Aquaman? And they're like, well, the Ruperts of the world all have last names, but there's gotta be, you know, there's like John Smith conventions out there, you know? Um, So you could, say on that but then again in sag you have to have if somebody already has your name vanessa l williams right mm-hmm. she doesn't go by vanessa l williams it's just vanessa williams i assume in casual conversation yeah but she changes it a little bit so aqua l man i think would work <laughs> <laughs> but, or uh like uh, aquaman spelled like aquafina like a-k-w-a-m-a-n or something yeah, yeah. Just a, phone- Which one are you talking a phonetic about? spelling. The hook yeah. one. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the K one. The Auk one. Yeah. The Auk one. Um, the Auk one. <laughs> and, uh, and everything would be great. But uh, they, didn't, they didn't go that route. Um, I think it's all right. It certainly works okay for us in our omniscient view because we can be like, I mean Barry, not Wally, you know, or whatever it is. Um, it would probably logistically be a little difficult in that world. But are the heroes even super concerned? Do they like, no, no, no. These people need to know how to refer to me as opposed to that guy. Um, 
Uh, although you would think in the heat of battle, it might be too. You know, Batman's like, Aquaman, go over there. Aquaman, do this other thing. It's like, what do you mean? Um, I hope it all works out for them. I guess it's what I... <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, anyway, that was, that was just, it's sort of, it's been bothering me for a while and I just, I know it's all marketing and that's what bothers me about it. Well, the see, only I think reason it's more is marketing with, outside of story reasonings. Right. I think it's more marketing with the movie titles and stuff. I don't think, I think there is some marketing involved in, you know, not calling Connor Hawk something other than Green Arrow, but I think it's also a bit more narrative driven where you're like, Ah, but he's he's Green Arrow, and if we come up with another name, it'll be some crappy. You know, it'll be like Bow Fellow or something. You know, the, like something that doesn't. The problem is, I I yeah. actually like I really like um, legacy characters. I'm super sure. about legacy characters and passing on the mantle. The problem comes when it's comic books, which are always in the second act, right? Which so everything mm-hmm. recycles, and whoever picks up the mantle, the original is going to come back because. Right. It's the way they've deemed it. Um, it's just how it has to go down. So, yeah. And you just, now then, so sometimes. Like all new Wolverine went back mm. to being X23, and that, that felt like a demotion. Wait, she did? Right. I mean, it is. She kept Wolverine. Uh, her book was called X23. Was it? Oh. Yeah. I after, thought the book was. Which is also about marketing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just canceled. Anyway. <laughs> the. Um, However, sometimes it works out like uh, Photon is a very cool name that fits her powers very well. And she was Captain Marvel for a while, but Photon really works. And there is the case of the Green Lanterns, you know? That's true. A ton of Green Lanterns. Green Lanterns, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And that, they seem okay with it. And most of them don't have secret identities also, uh, in that world anyway. But. I think you had already mentioned this, but it's also, I guess, it's just like the, the curtain between audience and like in real world actuality because like spider gwen had a title but she's not called spider gwen but we outside of the context actually like refer to her as such like and then nothing seemed as right yeah you know they were like uh call her ghost spider Uh, that's not as cool yeah (laughs) um, we're at, at the end of the day we're just old men shaking our fists at clouds they're just gonna do what they want stupid clouds bunch of jerks comics oh mars comics says hello i made it we've got some people in the chat christopher goodnight says uh something about scream blah blah they did with scream 2022 um dan h says i have more of a problem with calling females girl and males man like hawk girl and hawk man but they are a couple now i'll tell you i've always thought or at some point i started thinking it's about the <laughs> amount of syllables. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's like I went on. It's the amount of syllables. Um, you know, one syllable there sounds sounds good. Yeah. Um, there are some, like Wonder Woman obviously works. And I think to a degree, it's again what you're used to. It's like the difference between Noel's processing. Yeah. Uh, it's the difference He's between <laughs> what you <laughs> – uh, it's like Mortimer Mouse to Mickey Mouse, right? Mortimer was the original and it sounds super weird. Oh. But, I mean, it was never actually made that way, but that was one of the original ideas. 
And somebody was like, well, no, that's not, that's not good. Change it. And they changed it to Mickey. But I wonder, Mickey would sound weird if we'd always heard yeah. Mortimer, right? Mortimer Mouse, yeah. Sounds right? fine. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, so Wonder Woman sounds normal. It flows off the tongue. A Hawk Girl sounds... Well, wait, I don't think that's... Like it makes sense, but there's also been a Hawk Woman, and I, that sounds I fine don't think too. that's what they were saying. Um, he was talking... Wasn't he... Didn't he mention it in regards to, like, he says it, and they have similar names just with a different gender, but they're not a couple, yes. or if they are... Like, it's it's connecting two characters I thought that it was the girl aren't. versus woman. No, it was... I thought it was... Hawk Girl and Man, girl. but they are a couple. Females, oh, girl, man, man. Oh, well, yeah. Man. I guess, I, I, I guess yeah. your point also the oh, 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 girl instead think, of woman, I'm hawk sorry, woman. Dan, are you saying that that uh, calling a female a girl as opposed to a woman is diminutive? Well, I think yeah, it's, that's what I thought. And maybe not even diminutive so much as just not level. So, like, if man is man right. and woman is girl, then why then isn't man then it boy? Be spider boy. Yeah, why should it be hawk yeah, boy and hawk, hawk girl? Hawk boy, hawk woman and hawk boy. That's hawk true. Man. That's true. Yeah. But to Good your point, point it, maybe it, maybe it is syllable. But I mean, it used to be I don't invisible think that's girl. Only yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He yeah, says yeah. it's sexist. You see, yeah, that's what he yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. All right, hey, Supermassive is uh, a book that we're going to talk about now. It's from Image Comics, and Demira. Uh, let's see, Kyle Higgins, Ryan Parrott, and Matt Broom are the writers, and the art is Simone Ragazzoni and Melania Palladino, the superhero crossover event of 2022. Spinning out of 2021's hottest new superhero debut, Radiant Black launches into his first crossover event ever with the Image Comics debut of Inferno Girl Red and the first appearance of Rogue Sun. The future of Image's superhero universe is here. Uh... What's up with the names, guys? What's up with fucking Inferno Girl Red? I mean, they're... That, is, that, that was a little weird. They're... Call, Maybe there's other Inferno Girls on her. They're comic. pastiches of, uh, like, Japanese or translations of these types of stories. The yeah. Super Team 5, uh, Thunderbird 8. Like, it's intentionally... What are those things? They made them up. It's just... The, Oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> I thought those were real deeds. No, no, like when you, when you like, had the, like, yeah. the Super Sentai kind of uh, shows or the yeah, kaiju yeah. shows and then they would be translated, like the actual translation would be like a noun and two modifiers right, right, right. that don't necessarily work, but that is the name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So right I, like, uh, I, this yeah. was, this was fun. Yeah. Um, I'm really, because of Noel... Noel, he forced he forced it down my throat, and I was like, mm, I want some more of that down my throat. Sure. That sounded comic. strangely sensual. <laughs> um, I didn't think it was strange. I thought <laughs> um, it to you slowly. For Radiant, yeah, Radiant <laughs> Black, uh, really great series. And this is super massive, a one-shot that is going to be introducing us to the previously uh, discussed character names. And uh, we're going to have new series spawning out of this. So they're creating... A superhero universe. Now, I feel like this might be a bit premature, but I'm I'm okay with it. It's fine. I just feel like we're we're sort of getting a little too big, a little too quickly. The same way I felt about Valiant Comics back when they did their reboot about ten years ago. Started off great, and then it just sort of like got bigger and bigger and bigger, and mm. then unwieldy. Mm. So, um, but other than that, other than that that minor quibble. I think this is uh, a fun issue. We're introduced to some 
new characters. Uh, Rogue Son, who's kind of a piece of shit, but he's been doing it for a while. So, you know, he's been around the block. And, um... God, already I forgot her name! Inferno her Girl name? Red. Something... Inferno Girl Red. I hate that. Um, <laughs> She's great, though. Is she Asian? Is she Asian? No. What is she? Oh, uh, I don't know. She has uh, from another she has like a, a vitiligo on her eye, though. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that. Um, I think she's I think she's black, um, but she's got an Asian themed outfit with like the dragon and the Inferno Girl Red sort of name. So it's kind of it's a little strange to me that way. Um, but otherwise, I think this was really fun, and I like these new characters being introduced. His outfit is so so dumb. It's so oh, it's a, like it's a furnace, there's so baby. many things happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's very Arthurian with the the helmet and everything. Um, but I, I think this was fun, and I like their interactions uh, are really really cool. That's that's part of the fun of and, um, Radiant Black is Radiant Red and his uh, interactions and stuff. So yeah, this was fun. I liked it. What did you think, Brian? Uh, I also enjoyed it. So I haven't read any since the what like second issue that we read for the show. And so in the beginning, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> what is going on here? Understandable. Which, you know, I mean, so they didn't tailor their special set in this ongoing universe to me personally. That's fine. It's, you know, they don't have to catch everybody up for their crossover of an ongoing thing, I think. And once it got moving, I was into it. Um I'm assuming now he's Radiant Black, there's a Radiant Red, Inferno Girl Red is from a different universe. That is probably some kind of parallel to, you know, the Radiance. Um, so, yeah, I thought they were cool. The characters were pretty nuanced. Like, that guy who at first seems to be a jerk is like, yeah, he's got a little bit of a heart of gold, maybe. He's yeah, not he as much of a, a jerk as he... Was that? He brought him a blanket. He brought him a blanket, right? People without hearts of gold don't bring other people blankets. Very, um, rare. very rarely. Excellent point, JD. <laughs> but um, uh, their interactions were a lot of fun, especially uh, the road trip part. Was yeah. it was a very cool character kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. It it made me curious to see what is going to happen and what's been happening with Radiant Black. There was a bit of '90s flair. To it, his costume. I mean, they all seem kind of like that. Radiant Black is probably the most advanced design, Modern. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like his outfit a lot. It's very yeah. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's got it's got some minimalist elements, but it's still pretty badass. Yeah, and it's got a kind of like that uh, sci-fi feel mm-hmm. that seems to be a strong part of the character. Um, and the the most nineties ish is this Inferno guy. Uh, rogues, rogue son. Sorry, um, but yeah, interesting, interesting book. Oh, uh, I liked it a lot. Um, I have been reading Radiant Black, obviously. Uh, I was, I was. First of all, I was shocked. I even though having read Radiant Black, I didn't find this inaccessible in case I didn't know anything because, like the scene that you had mentioned, um, Brian, the the car. Like all you had to do is get up to the point where they're on a road trip, and all the characterization for 12 issues is there. <clears throat> so like it still did a really good job for as an entry point in so much as comic books, all comic books should be entry points. Like if this was good enough, even if you didn't know everything, you're intrigued yeah. enough to go backwards and forwards. Right. 
True. So I didn't need it to give me all the answers. It just kind of had to hook me. Um, I thought this was rad. Uh, this this was very reminiscent of a couple of different things. Um, so JD, you mentioned like, oh, it's too soon to maybe go big. To me, it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon backdoor pilot where they introduce three or four extra characters and some of them will go on and get things or they just will only show up as guests in another book. So like it, it didn't feel like it had that weight or gravitas like, oh, I have to – I got to read five more books now. It's just more like, oh, that's kind of cool. Nifty. Um, but then also it felt like – what was it? Issue – I want to say like 75 of Invincible, where they attempted to do an entire crossover in just one issue. Do you remember that? That was awesome. That was That's awesome. what the, this this felt uh, positively like that, where it just it okay. absolutely felt like too much story. It absolutely felt like there was too much going on, but it still was really charming. And I really liked the art and it was colorful and fun. So I just I was down like this was great. The only knock I would give this is the after credit scene. I don't know what the fuck is going on. So I read that after credit scene like three times and I wasn't sure are these new characters that are attracted to whatever the hell just happened. But then I went back to there's a scene in this where the three of them, their their power kind of merges with each other and they have visions of the future I went back to everyone's vision to see if these people were there because there was no clear connection visually. Like, should I be afraid of these people that showed up? Are they the same people that showed up earlier? What? And it was just really? – it was muddled. Yeah, I think um, Radiant Black had the vision where there was a bunch of like big mechs and scary people hanging outside of Earth's orbit. And I was like, are these the same people as those? Mm. The, the art isn't very clear. So – I still am not sure if the story is telling me that this dead lucky, are they the ones in the vision or is this just something new? But I think I is, to me, that. this is something to me, this is something new. It's just, they showed up afterwards and he says, ghost, let's keep an eye out for world ending threats moving forward. We don't want to keep missing the party. So it's just, these guys showed up to be a part of whatever was happening and they just missed whatever had happened. Yeah. Cool. So. I, I kind of thought also that this, creature might have been what inferno girl red was there to find which she kind of left oh right without finding no Wait, no i no. think the creature was the thing she fought no it's what she fought in the first couple of pages yeah what she fought in the right. first couple of pages and then merged so the the radiant of it all merged with the tech the radiant of mm-hmm. it all was one of radiant's bad guys it has this tech yeah. that sucks his power and uses it as a weapon so that person got attacked by the creature that Inferno Girl Red was tra- tracking and it turned into uh, this big yeah, yeah. power-sucking monster. All right. Yeah. It's a shit ton of convolution, All but right. it's, you know, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what else I thought was interesting? Not about the story, but they advertise ongoing, there's a Radiant Red a miniseries, a Rogue Sun ongoing series, and an Inferno Girl Red graphic novel. Yeah. I think it's oh. interesting that they are doing three different publishing uh, strategies. Actually, that is so. cool. Inferno Girl Red was kickstarted. I, I kickstarted it oh. a little under a year ago. It's due out this oh. – when they got to a certain point, like they they advertised it as in the same universe as Radiant Black. It's just being a OGN kickstarted and if they got to a certain point, Image would eventually – 
print it than they did. Mm. Which so is it'll funny because be, it's not in the same universe as Radiant Black. Well, the, sa- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah, yeah. shared story continuity, but a different I know, universe. I, yeah, yeah. I just uh, but I think the Kickstarter edition is like something like a supersized big one, and this will just be an OGN. And uh, the artist is here, and the Matt Broom, I think, is the writer. Yeah, they are building a little universe. Rogue Sun, I think, comes out this week. I'm going to read all of them. Yeah, I... It's a great foundation. Yeah. 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 I got, I got, I'm, I'm like two issues behind on radiant black, but, um, I'm excited for all these books, radiant red. I really like radiant red, uh, especially with that art by David LaFuente. Mm-hmm. Ooh, doggy. I'm excited. All right, let's move on to the next book. I'll tell you what it is. It's step by bloody step. Number one from image comics <laughs> written by Simon Spurrier, who, uh, had just recently done, one of my favorite runs on Hellblazer, but it was prematurely canceled. Uh, and this has art by Mateus Bergara, Bergara, an armored giant and a helpless child. Together, they cross an astonishing world brimming with beasts, bandits, and, deadliest by far, civilizations. If they stop oh. walking, the earth itself forces them onwards. Why? The child what? can't ask. She and her guardian have no language, no memory, nothing except each other. This sounds cool as hell, and I did. It's the only book. Apparently, I'm told uh, by my compatriots here that there's no words in the book. It's all just artwork, and it's the only book I didn't get a chance to read. Um, so, uh, why don't you tell us about it, Noel? Um, it's good. No, <laughs> uh, it's uh. It, it's it's a very opulent book. It is it is dialogueless, it is text boxless, um, and it's just pure comic book storytelling through panel. Um, I loved it. I thought the art was fantastic. I've never heard of Bergara, um, but I'm a fan of Cy Spurrier. And I every every year or so, or I mean, to conservatively every couple of years, there's a silent issue of something that kind of comes up. The ones that, that come to mind, uh, obviously is the classic Larry Hama snack, snake eyes, GI Joe comic. But then also, um, I think it was ultimate Spider-Man, the ultimatum tie in, uh, that's just completely yeah. dialogueless. Uh, and I'm, I'm missing like five or six other notable examples, but sometimes it is a breeze and you're just flip and it's like, yeah, great. Uh huh. I get it. I get it. And sometimes it's not easy to get through because you're doing a little extra work or the art is just 10% not there to show you like true kinetic motion. But every once in a while, it's just perfect and it flows really well. And fortunately, this is more the latter. Like this, this book flowed really, really well. And I was just riveted by it. It actually took me longer to air quotes read this than some of the other books I read this week because it was just so for lack of a better word immersive like I would pour over panels and pages more than once and not because I was having trouble because I but because I wanted to be really clear what was happening which is I mean an example of a good book I like this a lot Ryan uh, I thought the art was really good. I don't agree that it flowed that well. 
Um, I thought each each piece of art was. I mean, <laughs> what I what I mean is, Noel is entirely wrong in About at everything. least this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're garbage. Um, no, I I found that it. Uh, it I did have just a little bit of like. What's going on? How are these things connected? Like what what moves this from here to the next thing kind of thing? Um, the girl ages in, you know, pretty significantly during this issue. So you get that passage of time. Um, there were definitely reveals that I was like, so what's going on there? Now, I might have still thought what's going on there if there were text, you know, in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, the art itself is great. It's a cool yeah. fantasy world. Um, there's one particular panel or page that is a full panel uh, that is shortly after this one, I think, J.D. No, it's longly after that, but it's uh, it's like two of these mushroom kind of, those things that you see in the background of that page, but there's just two of them against a night sky, and it's very cool. Um, and, yeah, um... I found myself while I was reading it, like thinking of it more as a collection of very cool images than uh, this this narrative. Um, there's something going on with that robot. Uh, I would probably read or you know go through the rest of them based on the strength of the art. Um, there's a little Mobius in the in yeah. the artwork here. Yeah. Uh, and he is one of my one of my favorites of that genre. Um, so yeah, I think all in all, still still a, a cool and and well done book. Yeah, it looks really nice. This artwork yeah. is spectacular. Ah, uh, oof. And it's got to be right. You got in order to have a book like this succeed, mm-hmm. it relies so heavily on the visuals. This, yeah. this, I think he pulled it through. This looks great. Um, I'm really excited to actually read this. Or, you know, no, there are some things you go through and you almost forget that there aren't words. Like we were talking before the show about that Hydra um, that we read and reviewed for the show a while ago. And that was one that I almost forgot that it didn't have words. That never happened with this one. And I think that is really one of the best things that you can be as a silent anything, be it comic or film or whatever, is that people don't remember that it's that uh, part way through. Um, it's not necessarily a knock against something that isn't that, but, um, yeah. Um, JD, uh, Mars Comics definitely mm-hmm. wants that copy. Can you tell him a good way to get a hold of uh, you or the yes. shop? Uh, her, yes. Um, oh, her, sorry, apologies. Yeah, uh, Mars, you can email me at, uh, jdsherocomplex at gmail.com. I'll put it on the screen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we could do PayPal, Venmo, whatever, and I'll, I'll mail it right to you. If there's anything else you need, let me know. I'll pop it in there as well. Uh, oh, if you have the first trade of Radiant Black, I would like to purchase that as well as possible. Look at this. There you go. Nailed Two things. It. Building communities. I love it. Um, there was a there's a thing on the back here that says a girl wakes. She has no memories, no name, no language, nothing except a giant. I would have really liked that in the front. Right. That would have been a cool first page. Three-story kind of page. There you was know? something that happened last week, too, where we read a book. Yes. And then at the Iron end Fist. was a description of the book. Yeah. And we went, yeah. oh, would have liked that in the beginning a little bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, for the Iron Fist, though, that would have been But then that would have ruined the reveal. Yeah. 
if for Iris, yeah, yeah, it would have been a but her having no memories. People who know who that character yeah. was before picking up this Iron Fist. Right, <laughs> right, right. The three people who knew this character. I'm, I don't know if I completely agree with that though, because like I, I went through it and I really enjoyed it, and then I read the blurb, and some of it I was right, some of it I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I, it was for it this was, or for Iron this. Fist. This was like a cherry for, for that yeah. description of the back. Hmm. But whatever. Right on. He's going to look if he's got radiant uh, black. I don't have Sweet. Radiant black. Uh, God damn it. No radiant black right now. But I'll order it still orderable. And then send it. There yeah, you go. yeah, it's yeah. definitely still available. All right, let's move on to the next book. That's called Ghost Rider number one from Marvel Comics, written by Benjamin Percy with art by Corey Smith. Johnny Blaze has the perfect life. A wife and two kids, a job at an auto repair shop, and a small town community that supports him. But Johnny isn't doing well. He has nightmares of monsters when he sleeps, and he sees bloody visions when he's awake. This life is beginning to feel like a prison. And there's a spirit in him that's just begging to break out. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-bop. Um, so this was fine, Ghost Rider. Uh, it, it was it was okay. I, I like the body horror. I like the elements of body horror. I, I feel like the writing itself is a little too... Oh, I don't even know. Like, so dramatic. It's so... Mm. It feels like high school emo kid. Um, or metal... Emo kid. Emo, emo metal kid. Um, I just... I You know, my favorite run on Ghost Rider thus far has been the Jason Aaron one that I borrowed from Noel. Uh, wait. I borrowed the Omnibus. What? Um, no, I'm waiting for the rest of your thought because I'm going to push back at you. Go. Oh. You're probably going to say that Jason Aaron did something similar. Yeah. I mean, you read it, so it was incredibly similar in how overly dramatic and body horror and emo it was. Because it literally yes. was like Johnny but, Blaze just being like, oh, fuck the world. Yeah. And then it was balanced with fun. I mean, this is just This a is all of the first part, yeah, no true. fun. Like, this isn't fun. There's some cool gore. I do find some gore to be kind of fun um, to look at. But other than that, it's really morose and just um, good boo boo boo. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I love this. I thought it was Ray, tell fucking us about gross. It. Um, Ex- express your love. I, um, I was not looking for tongue in cheek fun, but I was, I was excited. So like you not finding that, as a, a important component for you enjoying this book, totally fair. I'm not going to push at that, but I, I didn't need it in this moment. Like if this was issue six of just morose shit, then yeah, come on, little levity. But um, I was just so excited about the grotesque visuals. Like it, like from jump, I knew exactly what was going on. That he was trapped in something, but. Even though me knowing that, him slowly discovering it in very gross-ass ways was just, I don't know. It, it felt it felt dirty. It felt like it shouldn't be in a Marvel comic. It it was just, and I really liked the art. Um, I liked it. So you said oh, there's I no don't. levity. You don't like the art? I'm not a big fan of the art now. Oh, there's no levity. But I thought the whole police scene was fucking hilarious uh, with the... Super X Files emo um, goth 
detective who was like shunted from shield because no one wanted her. And now she just walks in and is like, I, I need eighty thousand um, yeah. dollars. And, oh, and also eight hundred thousand dollars. Oh, and also the um, <laughs> there's some disturbing things in this book, like genuinely disturbing things, like a lot of the wide shots have really awful townspeople doing awful things to each other, like a horror movie that sticks with you. I, I wasn't expecting it. And I was, I just really liked it. I really liked it a lot. Hmm. Brian, what did you, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. <laughs> it was fine. It was, you know, it was, it was Ghost Rider. The art was pretty good. I thought the story was a little cookie cutter, right? Um, intro to a new Ghost Rider, number one. It's not unavoidable, but not unexpected either. I thought the reveal happened either probably too slowly, but maybe too quickly for, you know, like <laughs> it was like they, they just kind of went in the middle of like, he's convinced about this for a while or he finds out right away and knows what's what. And he's just kind of, Right in the middle of that. Yeah, it's, and, it's, uh, it's slow going, but then all at once too fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, cool. I guess that's that. Um, and, you know, it's a number one. So, you know, Ghost Rider is going to be in more of it coming up. But um, I'm probably not going to read any more of that. So we didn't see a lot of Ghost Rider in I, this, you know. I want to know who imprisoned him. I want to know what this big mm. thing is. I want to know some of the weird shit in his vision when he got everything back. A fucking brass knuckles made of human teeth. Uh, some crazy shit in there. Like, I think Sorry, this brass is brass knuckles made of wait, human brass teeth. Knuckles yeah, made guys. Teeth. Where's Deep that? Knuckles. What did you Where's just that? flip through knuckles. this when he first when he gets it back? Go back. That. That. Oh no! Come on, you passed it. His his vision when he gets all the power back and it's a split screen. It's like. Eight, 80 panels back back looking. boom <sighs> ah, boom boom he says boom oh there they are no where no two what? knuckles I see them stop ah hey, there, there they, they are. are there they yeah. are Woo! this is one of those this is one of those fucking pages where they like tease a bunch of story arcs or, or like it's yeah. gross it's terrible I love it I love this um, also nice. I there is. Can you can you go back a couple of pages? There's a there's a a wide shot from above, like maybe 500 feet of the town of a main street on the town, and a bunch of terrible things are happening. Have you guys looked at that and how awful this is? Not it. This is? Yeah, this is it on the the is second it? page. Like yeah. a mother looking down a manhole. Uh, uh, oh with, no! With the, yeah, oh, that's pretty bad. There's so much. I wonder what's down there. Awful. I mean, there's an empty baby stroller next to her. There's so much, like, I think if it was 2% more, it would be two edge Lord, but because it's like back of the panel business type stuff, it's disturbing. Where if it was like, I guess also all those people are demons. Yeah. Like none of those people are. But but at this point in the story, you're just kind of learning that. Like, I I feel like, I feel like if this exact story was in the hands of like, Todd McFarlane, this would be absolute garbage. Right. You know, like if this was an issue of Spawn, this would be absolute garbage. But it's just, it's like right in the gray area sweet spot for me with this kind of story. And I just enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I just wanted a little bit more charm to the gore and stuff. Like this is just, 
all go all, all sad gore mad times. I will. I mean, he is Ghost Rider, fun. right? Like he's not always a funny character. Yeah. It's true. Well, no, that's yeah. true. That's why I rarely read him. Uh, oh right, I, right. I read the yeah. Jason Aaron run, and I found that to be like over the top and ridiculous. Just fuck, just gotcha. stupid. Um, which I think Ghost Rider can be. Um, it was it was all the supporting so, character stuff too that made it fucking ridiculous. Yes. Like he he didn't change Ghost Rider and make him like jokey, but he did put no, him yeah, in no. some silly ass situations, and it's like this is kind of fun. Which I really yeah. like Ben Percy as a writer. He understands this genre, so. I, I don't think that that's out of the... I will keep reading this, and I will let you know. I will let... Brian, I'll let you know to stay away. And JD, I'll let yeah, you know Well, I mean, I do like... Jump in. I always thought Ghost Rider was cool. Um, even though he's like a motorcycle guy wearing chains and leather, and he's got that whole aesthetic. Like he's chains. also got the... Yeah, they, <laughs> some of them do. But uh, he's also got the whole, like, spirit, you know... Spirit of Vengeance, uh, magic aspect of things, or not magic, but kind of like religious fiction mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so I always thought Ghost Rider was cool, uh, and I'm I'm not certainly not opposed to a Ghost Rider comic or a, a Ghost Rider appearance, but but no, I probably won't. <laughs> let me know if, if, but if it's awesome, let me know that. Well, I, um, um, I I don't want to call it early, but I think we're in a Ghost Rider assance between this and sans. the the cool yeah Ghost. Ghost assance, ghost renaissance, yeah. uh, between this and the coolness in Avengers Forever with uh, Robbie Reyes. Oh, that's mm. true. Yeah, mm. you know, maybe it was just the way I was looking at it. If I had come at it like it was going to be a horror comic book that happened to have Ghost Rider in it, maybe I, I would yeah. have been all right. You know, yeah, I think it'd be more up your alley. Yeah, you would think that. I do think that. I yeah. still think it. <laughs> Currently thinking. <laughs> Speak. Aquaman number one. DC Comics, Brandon Thomas, and art by Chuck Brown. When a suicide bomber in middle America is revealed as an Atlantean sleeper agent seemingly gone rogue, the Aquamen, Arthur Curry and Jackson Hyde, are on the case. But it soon becomes clear that the tragedy was not just a single bad actor, but the beginnings of a much larger and more dangerous chain reaction, and the heart of an explosive Atlantean conspiracy. If Arthur's not careful, the secrets he's keeping from Mira... Tula, Tempest, Atlantis, The Surface, and even Jackson, the waitress that he met at Denny's, could cause a rift (laughs) from which the Aquaman might never recover. Um, I think he's even keeping a secret from me. Yeah, I happen to Uh, know that's the fact. Ah, damn it! Do you know the secret or just that he's keeping one? No, I just know that he's keeping it from you. I see. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's see. I tell you. Uh, Oh, thank you, buddy. Blue for Yeah, you got it. <laughs> oh. Ed's Aquaman. I'd go blue for that. It was red for um, Ghost Rider. Uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Nice. So I was reading this, and I, it's you know, I was like, oh, this is this is pretty good. It's off to a good start. But there's a there was a couple of instances that made me that pulled me right out of the story. Uh, one of them is Aquaman. Aqu- I'm sorry, Aquaman is having a conversation with Aquaman mm. after Aquaman and Aquaman. Uh, beat See now, you beast. definitely meant Arthur Curry was having a conversation with Jackson Hyde, didn't you? Uh, how'd you know? Uh, I uh, knew. <laughs> um, after you know, the United Nations gets besieged upon by uh, a <laughs> giant Atlantean fucking snake, dragon, hmm. fish, and uh, afterwards, 
Aquaman's talking to Aquaman. And apparently Aquaman's mother's in a coma from something that happened in Aquaman the Becoming. And yeah. <laughs> Aquaman tells Aquaman, you just need some time. And Aquaman tells Aquaman in response, "Where I wrote it down. Hold on. Wait, is it right it's here? this page, yeah. Uh, time, time is not going to wake my mother back up from her coma, Arthur. To which I thought, that's the only thing that will wake your mother up from a it coma might. is time. Yeah. <laughs> might do it. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Um, and also the fact that they're both caught Aquaman at the same time is just, oh, come on, guys. Mm. So um, Aquaman has never been my favorite character or even my 43rd favorite character. Uh, I rarely am able to stick with his book for more than an issue or two. Um, even back when like Peter David was writing it, I just couldn't care. Oh, yeah. Too. Although, you know, it's not true. I did really like the um, Jeff Johns run on Aquaman, where he he made fun of Aquaman as well. That was good shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean Jackson Hyde's cool. I like his character. I like that he's Black Manta's son, and and the difficulties that come with that. I like his look. I don't understand why he's different. How he's different than Calderon from Young Justice, the cartoon. He's he I looks he exactly just the is same. Calderon. But for whatever reason, they didn't want because he's also Black Manta's son, which is the case in Young Justice. Yeah, and I, I for whatever reason, and he came out at like almost the exact same time. There must be didn't, some reason. Didn't we that have they this? Didn't we had this same conversation when we reviewed Becoming Number One, and we came to the conclusion that oh, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> some legal thing yeah. or something like that. The exact same yeah. conversation because it was like during the New Fifty Two, but then also the rebirth after New Fifty Two, and then how many Earths are there, and which one does. Young Justice exists on, and like it was a whole thing, and it was like, huh? When did they merge them? Yeah. Like, it's unclear. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I like him as a character, uh, not enough to keep reading his book. Um, and this was just fine. This was more Aquaman, Aquamaning alongside Aquaman. Um, yeah. I'm not going to bother with number two, um, but I like that they're together. I think making the team book is kind of cool, or yeah, uh, a duo book. Um, what'd you I think, mean, Ryan? It's, it's a team book. Yeah, they teamed up. They team up well, also, every issue, with, probably. With Manta at the end. It's a team book now. Yeah. That's true. Oh, that's that true. Was, that's an interesting twist, too. Hold on. Yeah. No, that was the other thing. That, that, was, that was the other thing. So, all right, the scene here is Aquaman and Aquaman, and they're hanging out together, and then, for some reason, they have to go see Black Manta. And there is a period of time that we skip over wherein Aquaman and Aquaman are going to see Black Manta. Black Manta, or Aquaman gets there, Calderon gets there, and he sees that Black Manta has a guy on the table, on the slab, and he's all been dissected because he's trying to help. And uh, Jackson fights him. And then other Aquaman comes in and says, you don't understand, he's working with us now. My dude, you had that entire trip in between the last time we saw you and you coming here to be like... Hey, Black. By the way, way, Black Manta. I'm going to stop you because that's not what happened, unfortunately. Um, Calderon uh, Jackson on the side is looking for Black Manta, and Raven is finds him for him, and he yeah absconds without Arthur, and Arthur follows him. Oh yeah. So this is not a well-told story. And I don't know what's happening with the Black Manta. I guess there's a Black Manta miniseries where he's now 
uh, aquatic James Bond. I don't fucking care. I I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed you reading the uh, solicitation more than I enjoyed reading this, um, because that literally was the entire book. Like the solicitation is beat for beat the entire issue. Uh, the sleeper agent, the 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 attack on blah, the like it. It was like an outline. Yeah. Yeah. I. Okay. I thank know. you for pointing that out because yeah, that that is not told well because the last time we see Jackson, he's sitting right next to Aquaman. Mm-hmm. He's on yeah. the phone next to Aquaman, and then. He shows up at where Black Manta is, and mm-hmm. I just assumed like other Aquaman stopped for a burger on the way or something. You know what I mean? Like he just arrived a couple seconds after that uh, previous than, than other Aquaman did. No, it was just a real truncated ending. Um, yeah, he says we need to be in Paris now, but maybe Arthur didn't know why they were going there. Or something. Yeah, because Raven Raven has Again, been on the slide looking for There's that entire time where he where Jackson could have been like, yeah. hey, I got a lead on Black Manta, at which Black time other Aquaman could have been like, oh, by the way. Or Arthur just being like, hey, where the fuck are we going? Why? Yeah, yeah. what's in Paris? It, yeah. I'm Did anybody else, when they, how, the way that they chose to say they were speaking in French is it would be in the, like the font would be in and blue. Then in mm-hmm. And then at the end it would say Francais. And I'm like, it's like kind of seems like they're saying Francais yeah. after every sentence. I literally your thought food, that. that. I literally <laughs> thought that after the first one or two, and then I went, oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, they're speaking it because it doesn't immediately register that that is French. I, I don't for French. I, you I don't know think I mean? that. Yeah. I don't think that this is an inherently bad book. I just no. no. It's, it, you know what it reads like? It reads like it was released in like two pages at a time over the each day like like a web original yeah kind of it's thing. just it's it's yeah. oddly disjointed and like they skip weird steps and I, it's just it feels really small janky not very it's tight also, like it's a, very it's very cookie cutter as well like it's a it's a very standard number one issue from specifically DC, but either of the major two, Marvel or DC, could put out something like this. And I would just be like, oh, it's a number one issue of a, of a very well-established character. Yeah. Um, now, I like Aquaman. Usually when he's not with other people, right? He's always like, he seems like a pretty, like a pretty powerful, cool guy if he's not on the Justice League with all of the yeah. Superman and Martian Manhunter and Flash and whatever. But he has some cool, like, undersea adventures. I really liked uh, Kurt Busiek's uh, One Year Later run, if any of you guys yeah, remember that. It was, that was cool. That was really good, yeah. And it really played up the, like, kind of Arthurian, uh, like, sword and sorcery under the sea kind of thing, which Atlantis always has a little bit of. Um, but this does this may lean into that thing. I don't know. So the the scene where he and Jackson are talking and he's got his trident and Jackson has his water trident. And I'm like, oh, everyone can control the water but you. <laughs> so <laughs> sad. Your name is Aquaman and all of your friends and 
co-workers can control the water and you Literally just the only it. one who can't control aqua right. is you right talks to fish she Bitch. breathes water but no cannot control it right you <laughs> shouldn't control the water hey um uh riddle me this or it's not a riddle that's the terrible turn of phrase um does aquaman eat fish for sustenance uh, he does. I mean, we eat cows, right? So, I, look, he must eat fish. I just <laughs> didn't know if it was canon or established. Like you had mentioned, he stopped for a burger. In the Jeff Johns run. I read that too, but I just don't remember. You, you mentioned he stopped for a burger, but then I'm thinking like or a fillet of fish. <laughs> but I, I, right. I don't know. Yeah, I could see it going either way. Like he'd be like, "No, I can communicate with them," but he just kind of like, depending on the era, he just kind of impulses yeah it's just sonar it's like at them, it's you know? the same thing as like a yeah. sheep dog i can get the sheep to go this way or that way based off right of, yeah he's not nice. like think, animal man yeah. who animal man has like a deep connection to all is animals animal so man a vegetarian? a vegetarian yeah yeah i have all those runs i've not read them they're just right there oh the so new good. 52 one i read phenomenal. most of the yeah. new 52 the one but one. i've yeah. got like it and the new 52 swamp thing that i will eventually read oh, yeah, concurrently yeah. with each other Oh man, travel foreman's like negative space and panel usage in that is just uh, second to none. Uh, um, Aquaman does eat he, fish, uh, and, and yeah. he, but only the ones he's really mad at. Yeah, he's like, next two weeks ago, I told you book. to attack Orm, <laughs> and you went the other way. Yeah, get over here. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's the perfect. But also, mouth. all of it. I think that's, he just calls them. It's the perfect that's right. That's right. Into his mouth. <laughs> he just he wom 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 wom, and they just <laughs> swim into his mouth, and he eats them. <laughs> I'm the king of the seas. <laughs> Meanwhile, like the poor fish is screaming because it it doesn't want to go in his mouth, but it can't stop. Right. Oh, fudge! Uh, no, no, right. Patreon.com. <laughs> wait, no. Let's stay on this. He's a normal sized dude, okay. though. So, like that kind of like all of them at once, it would just be like krill, or he would choke. Yeah, <laughs> you can't yeah. take like a I whole. Mean, Aquaman a whole, doesn't always yeah. think it through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, sometimes the on. whale just has to sit there and wait for it to patiently. finish chewing him. <laughs> I hate this conversation. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I also love so it. You, if, if you hate this conversation, you want others, you want to subject your friends <laughs> to these conversations so that they can also hate it. And then you can get a, get together on Monday mornings around the water cooler to say how much you hate our conversations. Share the show. Give us a nice review on iTunes. Tell everyone about it. Like, comment, subscribe, um, all that other hoopla and happy horse shit. If you uh, <laughs> want to give us your hard-earned money, you can go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. You can help us out there. I just sent – I just drew uh, a sticker and I sold it to – or not sold it. I sent it to all my patrons. And that's it. Let's do another comic book. Cool. Uh, we got a couple left. What's Bolero number two from Image Comics written by Wyatt Kennedy with art by Luana Vecchi. With her dimensional door opening key, Devin escapes through the multiverse to mend her broken heart. She visits her life as a Victorian aristocrat in the age of dinosaurs, an astronaut watching planets die, a ritual sacrifice, and, worst of all, a pop idol with an intensely overbearing stage mom. Let's hope she survives. So, Bolero number one was a 
delightful surprise when I read it uh, to talk about it on the show about a month ago. Uh, I thought it was really, really well done. I was immediately engaged with the characters and with their relationship and their breakup. And then at the end, there was a goddamn multiverse and she starts going fucking sliders style, just uh, going through different versions of her own timeline. And I'm a sucker. I know they're everywhere right now, but I'm still in the, I'm still in the awe of (laughs) multiverses being a, a thing in the zeitgeist. The fact that multiverses are everywhere right now, is kind of insane to, or isn't kind of insane to like twelve-year-old me. The fact that everyone is like telling multiversal stories. So um, I'm super into them. I'm excited about it, and I was really excited about this series. This second issue, I think, had a couple of hiccups in terms of storytelling, but by the end of it, I was back on board and enjoying where we were and where we were headed. I think that the the first half of the book is a little disjointed, purposefully disjointed, but I was expecting something a little bit more like sliders, like, boop, here's this timeline, boop, here's this, you know, dimension. Uh, we didn't get that. We kind of got like a flipping channels kind of um, experience. But like I said, by the end, I was roped back in. I'm really enjoying this series. Um, what did you think? No. Oh, I really thought this was going to go to Brian first. Um, yeah, I thought so, too. I know. Uh, so <laughs> I, I am going to start my sentiment with Brian. What did you think? No. Um, Damn it! Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I, um, I, I agree with everything you said, but for me, it was a, and anybody playing the drinking game, get your drinks ready, was a feature, not a bug. Not a bug. <laughs> Because um, it was I, either it was either going to be feature not a bug or hat on a hat. I wasn't sure. Uh, hat on a hat, feature not a bug, or classic <laughs> sixth seventh issue scenario. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by your friendly neighborhood, James Cini in the fourth. Um, so I household name. I, household name. Yeah. I I would have been upset. I honestly would have been. <sighs> The way that the first issue was constructed, it was such a wonderful twist and they set up the rules really fast and it was it was refreshing. I almost would have been, I think, disappointed if it was just per issue a universe more linear than that. The fact that they continued that breakneck pace and just threw you into the scenario and almost montage style knocked through 20 jumps. I thought was bold and I really dug it. It was, it was, uh, jarring at first, but I think that was by design. And I, I really, I really dug it. It all came to kind of, it was, it was jarring. Cause I did find myself being like, Oh wait, is she, is she a man in this version? Is she a female? Is she with, is she pining for, I forget, I forget her girlfriend's name. Um, but is she with her? Is she pining for her? Is she fighting for her? Is she like, all of that was incredibly unclear as you were going back and forth. And at first I was like, God damn it. Just where are we? But then when she finally gets back to grappa, I think it is the God cat thing. Cat, uh, cat grow. And he essentially tells her like, stop trying to do the same thing over and over again. You got extra lives. Live a little. That, that is what, 
this issue was. That whole first third is just, hey, I don't want to waste time on this. I'm going to get it over with. And the whole second half of her exploring a different relationship, to me, that was the strength of this issue. And it was awesome. And I would have been annoyed if it took three issues to get to that. I also really liked the intro to this issue where she's in, um, what was it? Probably the 1800s. And um, look here, you wagtail. I will not let some Vassy Kirk. Wait, dude, dude. Wait, wait, wait. I'm out. I can't do this. Bro, look at this shit. This is dumb. All of it. It's fucking stupid. Aesthetically pleasing, but stupid. Um, So she's like not playing along anymore. I really like that breakdown. That was great. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought the end was uh, more captivating than the beginning. Um, Part of it was because it left on such a cliffhanger and then doesn't pick up with that at all. Um, I expected to see that universe that you remember at the last page of the last one, she wakes up in what seems to be a man's body. Yes. Um, And then here in the beginning of this one, it's something completely different. Um, And I also say what seems to me, because even those things are different in different universes. There's this universe here where her lover has a, for this universe, traditionally female body with a penis. Um, So like anything's up in, in the multiverse here. Uh, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, and that's and true. One thing you know, that, I just assumed she was trans in that reality, but it's oh, true. Right. It could just be a reality where everyone's got boobs and penises, right? Or just like the men have boobs and penises, and the women have no, or whatever. It could yeah, be yeah. Just, they were just like everything. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of neat. Like I that sliders that. episode where they women had facial in that hair. in that universe. <laughs> I guess it could. It's just it's um, I think. Uh, more issues I hopefully will will reveal if there's any kind of rules or the fact that there are no rules. Um, but the fluidity of sexuality and gender in this is actually really cool. But, but the main character even plays with it where she is very clearly a man in one of these worlds here on this page. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I lived a little and decided to live as a gay man and had a mm-hmm. relationship with a man. Whereas in the others, she's... Uh, a man with a woman or with a trans woman or a woman with a, yeah. like it's, it's, it all doesn't matter. And she's going through it because she's got the uh, lives to spare. Right. Yeah. Which also, I thought was a little like she, uh, she flits from life to life and we see these so quickly. And I'm remembering issue one where Capcrow is like, you only have 53 of these yeah. and you can never go back once you leave one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little bit, I was like, oh, are we, this, that seemed pretty cool. And now maybe they'll flash back to it or whatever. But, you know, we didn't see a lot of the beginning or end of any of these realities, um, which also made me think, and I think they'll probably get to it. Why did these other versions of her leave these realities, right? These are all realities where the version of her has left, I think, um, Presumably because things were not to their liking in some way. I That first issue did a lot of work establishing that she is indulgent, impulsive, toxic, Mm, self-destructive. Yeah. So 
I don't know if I would be incredibly interested to find out why she leaves so many because just like we saw in the first one, it could be as simple as I'm tired of fucking talking like this. Whereas everything else was perfect. She just impulsively was like, fuck this, I'm out. So showing, and what's cool about like this whole super cut of like all the different lives she's been living the last, it could have been the last 200 years or it could have been 15 minutes in each one because there's no, there's no standard or rules for it. And she could essentially do this for like, she could live 50 years in one pop and then she's back into whatever body that is for wherever. Oh, you think so? I do. She could then go back into like a younger version of herself. If that is what it is when she goes through that door and the other way around too, she could be, cause there's, they show her as like a 12 year old or a very young girl in one of these. Uh, oh, I thought she was the mom. No, she's the, I that's thought she was daughter. like, I'm out. Oh, she's I'm oh, out of here. My bad, you're right. She, she yeah. wakes up, she opens the door, she goes, new house. And then she goes, she sees a little girl go, morning, mommy. And she goes, bad house. And then closes the door. So long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then there's she does not want a kid. There's the, like, you know, uh, Miyazaki-esque one where it's just a big uh, spirit animal creature that she's in love with. Um, yeah, this is just cool. This is super this cool. Is yeah. great. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about what happens at the end here on this panel where yeah. something comes out of her but also I think seems to be her if I'm remembering well, that correctly. My, my interpretation – I was also confused. My interpretation was that is the her that is jumping around. So the oh, body she was in gets killed mm. but she is able to come uh, out of that body now and then crawl back uh, through the door back and now you see her crawling back to the to, – uh, crap grass, crap crap and and with a cat from another Wait, reality. So I, I mean, can bring the um, so that I completely missed it. That does tell us that in these like the rules of this, she technically can't die when she's in one of these yeah. borrowed bodies. Oh, that's interesting because it is not her true self. Assuming that is, yeah. which does make sense. It does make sense because they um, sacrifice her and then she makes it to the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but so I'm wondering also. Well, oh, speaking of Capra, he does say, I think in the first one, like, you'll wake up and anything could be different. So that's that's why I took it as the that world that she was in with the traditionally feminine body with the penis, that that's just how things are there. Yeah. Because she can be in a man's body and, like, anything could be up, uh, which I think is very cool. Um, but But I'm also very intrigued which I, I said earlier, but I think we went a different direction. What's the reason that these other people left? You know, like what, when she goes into, or not that we need to know what those reasons are, but the fact of the matter is that, well, my understanding is she left her world and another version of her will come in to live that world. Did they establish that? We may meet one of them later. Yeah. Um, they said in the first issue that that's what will happen when she leaves her oh, world. I about that. that doesn't mm. mean that every world she goes to that's been happening. But I just think it's very interesting because all of them then are a version of her who have been pushed so far that they leave everything behind. And she's going in trying to find happiness in that world, well, you know, I, that someone else has just made. I mean, that could be the greater story. The, the greater message of this entire story is that this person is never truly satisfied until they just come to some sort of fruition mm. themselves. Whereas not everyone in the world is getting this option. It's just those that oh, are yeah. stuck and or can never find happiness. 
And it maybe it's always yeah, yeah. the same constant or the same person that that, that re- happens to, right? Uh, this is cool. I think they're all versions of her. Like, yeah, I think and she I'm, jumps into a version of her. And I'm time. saying across the multiverse, it's only yeah. a certain type of person, no matter what the scenario, body, mm. whatever, wants to do this. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Uh, so yes, very interesting. I'm curious to see. This is a limited series. It's five um, issues. Yeah. yeah, it's gotta be five issues. Yeah. Yeah, and it. Third, so we'll see what happens it. next. Yeah, I'm curious to see yeah. where it goes. <clears throat> Agreed. Um, all right. Last book. No, second to last Two book. Uh, Human Target number five by DC Comics by Tom King and Greg Smallwood. Christopher Chance, aka the Human Target, or Target will be dead in a few days, but nothing can stop him from solving his own moiter. His investigation into the JLI intensifies, and he sets his sights on the Martian Manhunter. But what piece does John Johns add to the puzzle? I read this book, and I was confused by this book, but I was also delighted by this book. This book is... Human Target is great. Uh, this is the first time in these this series where I was I read most of the book going, what 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 is happening? Because <laughs> um, Tom King does this bit of storytelling in every one of his series, I think, at one point or another. Um, it gets a little bit jumpy, um, a little confusing, but generally by the end, all becomes clear. What did you think, Brian? Um, I liked it. So I, I realized I was one issue behind. So I read issue four and issue five. Issue four is the more traditional for this story, uh, you know, human target story. And I liked it better. Is that the one um, with the this booster? one? Yeah. No, Ted Cord. He gets Cord drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ted Cord and he doesn't shut up the entire issue. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. And it's that kind of like timeless mid 20th century noir but pastel story, just like the rest of it has been, and it was great. This one, I mean, the art is still the, the, uh, just the same. It's phenomenal. Um, this one is a bit disjointed. Midway through, I started thinking, like, we're in somebody's mind. That's cool. It was the least enjoyable issue so far. Agreed. Um, it just didn't have that kind of flow like the other ones did. Also, he gets a little bit of Tom Kingery going on here that I... Mm, so he's got Martian Manhunter has some issues. Like Tom King loves to foist upon these characters. Um, and he's crying in bed with fire and fire isn't into it. Wait. And um, uh, I mean. Yeah. Uh, that's not that's not darkening a character. He's mourning his family. I didn't say it was. He, I know, but that's what you usually mean when you Tom King or yeah. yeah. It seems like he's. I mean, I didn't think, was he mourning his family in this case? He just seemed like, yeah. oh, he's a sad man crying oh, after I mean, sex. No, he's, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but my read of it was that he is in a relationship or having some sort of an affair, an affair in the sense of they are consensual adults that yeah. are, having, are having sex. Uh, but sure. afterwards, yeah. every time he still mourns his dead family. Because yeah. how can and I allow myself to be happy when this is always, hang, like, my motivation is that, right? That's how I read it. Yeah, the the way that Fire responds, but but cut the crying out afterwards. Yeah, because she's an asshole. Um, 
Like, Fire's an asshole. Right. John's not. But, uh, no. And he just, the way that he's drawn in this panel looks like that stereotype of the pathetic man who, you know, um, is, is... I could see that. I, you know, doing... I, I, yeah. I guess I get my, my impression of John is that he's um, wildly empathic and just... Very emotional, and the more emotional that he is, yeah. the less likely he's able to keep his form. So he kind of turned much mm. more Martian when he was crying. To me, that's how I read it. Yeah, that could be. And and also, Fire. You know, I don't remember her ever really being a jerk or saying something so insensitive as this. <laughs> remember, you're a goddamn manhunter. Now maybe she's pumping him up, but I don't know. It's a charitable read, mm. and it's, it is interesting that he's with somebody who. Turns into fire. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not really played up, but maybe it will be late. But also, he seems kind of like ben, like he may have done something wrong to help her. Now, whether or not they have revealed who the ultimate suspect is in issue five mm. of this 12-issue limited series is questionable at best. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. It, there is a hint that it's a member of the JLI, which I would not, you know, it would just confirm his, his story tropes. Um, hey, Brian, that, real quick. Yeah, yeah. I have a question about the JLI. How did you Go feel about, um, gosh, who was the leader of the JLI, the bankroller? Max Lord. Max Lord. How did you feel about Max Lord going bad? Back I was cool with it at the crisis? time. I was cool with it at the time. I never cared too much for the JLI because when the JLI were coming out, I was like, what the hell is this? A comedy Justice League? Where's the Justice League? You know, then years passed and I was like, oh, the nostalgia of the older days. These people are pretty cool. And my taste changed my, you know, desire or allowance for in my mind there to be more than than one interpretation or what have you. Um, So, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Max Lord was also kind of. He was never a villain, but he was like a corporate slime ball all along, you know. Um, at least that was my understanding. And, you know, Wonder Woman killing him and all that stuff. I didn't have as much of a problem with it. I don't always inherently have a problem with them doing that kind of thing with a character. It bothers me more and more with Tom King every time he does it because that's what he does, you know. So it's like... With trepidation, do I open up a book that Tom King wrote that stars one of the DC characters, you know? I mean, he's done it twice. Well, there was Strange Adventures. Once. um, Wally. Twice. Vision. How did he do Vision? Vision didn't didn't do it. Like, if anything, it reestablished, like, the hopefulness of him. And then same way. Oh, yeah. Same with it's not Mr. always Miracle. the character that yeah. gets turned. I didn't finish Mr. Miracle, but I did like what I read in the beginning of it. Um, yeah. um, I loved this issue. Actually, I, I thought it was riv- – I thought the confusion was riveting um, because, yeah, it was about less than a quarter in when I realized like he's in, – they're inside memories because they keep changing perspectives inside yeah, yeah, memories yeah. and then memories keep changing. Um, Irma – from Titan, I'm like, Legion, cool, but it's not her. But is it her? Um, yeah. I had no idea who no. that was. I think it's just, she is from Titan. I don't think she's... Um, I, I know, but... What's Imra? Imra yeah. and Irma are really similar. That's a good and point. And I'm like, 
But then we're also inside memories, so... Mm. Yeah. And then who's this bald guy that is controlling Irma and that she gets Christopher to, to kill? I'm like, this is a real memory, but which parts are changed? Like, this was all super fascinating. Mm. And then in regards to Fire and Martian Manhunter, I thought it was awesome. Like, these people, and in a story like this, I consider them people, not characters. These people are with each other, like co-workers are with each other more than family members, right? Bad, ill-advised decisions are made based off of familiarity. I saw this as a mean cheerleader having fun with seeing if they could, like, you know, get at somebody else. Or get at somebody that they consider altruistic or pure or earnest. Because my understanding of fire and ice was that fire is kind of like Guy Gardner. She's well-intentioned, but an asshole. That's just... Like, she's the opposite end of ice, right? I never really read them, but I, I always thought the characterization that she's, like, a kind of a, you know, a couple notches away from being just a mean girl. Yeah. I think she, like, lives large and, you know, is, uh, like, uh, very flamboyant. And, like, but, yeah. the the idea of her being, like, let me see if I can seduce uh, the Martian Manhunter. I think that that's completely plausible. And then and it kind of continues. Yeah. I, I love him and her, just the idea of this man who lost his family and his entire race and has survivor's guilt and a very um, uh, bad relationship with fire, the element, Hmm. having this sort of relationship with a woman who can control fire, I think is very, very neat. I think it's a very cool idea. And the the juxtaposition of this with Christopher's origin story, essentially, I was like, this is so rad. And I knew that, you know, you're more than halfway through the book. I know that we're inside each other, like we're, we're merging memories. Somebody's inside, somebody's head. And I really did think for most of it that it's John that is interrogating mm. Christopher, but then at the very end, you realize it's Christopher that's interrogating John by letting him in. And I thought that that was just Mm -hmm. so slick. It was just really slick. This was, this is, is it as breezy or as popcorn fun as issues one through four? No, but I think it's possibly my favorite issue because it was stuff that doesn't, it didn't talk down to me and it made me do a little extra work and the extra work felt worth it. So I almost like it a little bit more. Yeah. I'm still confused about what's happening. In what Um, sense? uh, While he was looking, I got his dirty little secret. The one that's, that scared him, his affair with fire, Marshall Manhunter, his affair with fire, her ask for money, him getting the money from Ted fire knew that Luther had killed her best friend. Who was her best friend? Ice. Ice. I think Luther killed Ice and then she came back. Yeah, I think that's was prior continuity revealed. stuff. Yeah. So he's, oh. piecing, he's piecing connections together. This may not be how it actually plays out, but as far as the character knows, yeah. all of these things occurred and it keeps rolling back to fire having the most motivation and then getting... Right. And opportunity. Yeah, getting... Uh, John yeah. to do this, who did this, who, or for for Booster, who did that, this for Cord, who got 
booster the money to do like it it keeps trickling back to fire yeah and i the thing with it all happening while he's passing the salt certainly not the first time i've seen that but it was well done you know that was cool um you know that was that was pretty cool yeah i hope he's not doing like a these are what people act like in the real world, right? Everybody I've ever met acts like this in the real world. That means everyone acts like this kind of thing. And I don't know who Tom King has met in the real world, but we'll see. Um, but again, like, we don't know. Maybe it would actually be pretty implausible if Fire is the one who is responsible unless there's, like, a lot more twists and turns after this. If, it's, you know? if it is indicative of every other thing that he's written, even the ones that yeah. we noted that have this trope it is not as simple as just fire so just roll with yeah, it yeah no yeah. well i guess my little my little diatribe there also included like this is how jean would react and this is you know she would manipulate him to do this and that but aren't there just some people that are uh good and wouldn't do something like that we'll see we'll see if he thinks so but yeah mars says i like this issue it was a bit confusing here and there but i liked it um Dan says, I picked up the JLI Omnibus at my local comic shop this weekend just because of Human Target. That's awesome. Uh, mm. It does make me want to go back and read JLI. Um, I didn't realize there was a whole Omnibus of it. Yeah, there's two there's a of lot them. of JLI. Yeah. And, you know, Giffen wanted to have the Big Seven there, and he originally did. And then DC kept saying, like, now you can't use Superman. Wonder Woman's not around. You know, like all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it slowly became none of them except Batman and uh, and maybe and Martian Manhunter, I guess, was so, around from the beginning of that. So some news broke today about this series. They are taking a break. Um, issue six ends in a cliffhanger, and it's going to go on hiatus till September to have the art catch up. But hang on. There's more. Four months. Well, five months. But six months? The re- no, March issue six comes out in March this month, and then nothing till September. So that's there's an amount of months. Oh, so he can get six issues in the can. Um, but they that's are great. they are going to release in late August a hardcover of the first six issues to get people caught up for issue seven. Good, and also it's, it's not the case of like Batman Catwoman, which has awesome art, and then has Liam Sharp for a little bit. And then goes back to that. Like, I would much rather. I'll wait. This, this in longevity will be in trades as a complete yeah, story. We don't need a, a fill in artist for something that's this well done. Six issues, you know? take a break, season two. I'm down. Yeah. I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. 100%. Like, I just want to see more of this art. It doesn't matter if it takes a little bit longer. I would rather have. I've been saying that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this entire time. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah, because yeah, at the end of the day, uh, it took two and a half years for all 12 issues of Doomsday Clock to come out. Right. Worth it for I, 12 nice consecutive issues of... Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's done, and that time in its release will never happen again. It's right. done yeah. every other time that anybody reads it or it's published. It will be yeah. one solid look, one artist, you know, all that stuff. I will mm-hmm. always, I will always uh, support taking a break in order to have the same yeah. artist throughout the book. Always. Yeah. So um, that also gives... Uh, Brian, that gives you a six-month break from having to have the Tom King debate about 
That's true. Because but I've been loving Human Target. I mean, it's been great. Yeah, but you Don't still have trepidation that he's going to pull a Tom yeah. King on you. It won't be satisfied until issue 12 is out, and we'll see. I, Even Supergirl, which I only have one issue left, and I'm I, like, this has been phenomenal. Actually, Let's see what I happens. I need you to finish it because yeah. I would like to discuss the last panel. Okay. It is... Yeah, yeah. It, okay. The, the last issue is fantastic, but the, the last two panels, I'm like, what? Mm. Yeah. Okay. I have all the I'll issues. It, I just I'll move have it to, to the top of my list. I just have to read them. Let's make it a book club. It's quite good. When that comes out, let's okay. make it a book club, and we'll actually do a full review of it because it's very interesting. To, it's a very interesting read. Okay. Um, all right. We, we're going to discuss Catwoman, but uh, we are stopping because we have to stop at 1030. Uh, to <laughs> Wait, can, I, can I make a quick observation about this Catwoman? Sure. Where she – so at one point, she talks about how uh, she's like somebody that uh, – one of the – stripper girls that helped her in the previous issue has been killed, right? And uh, out of, like, vengeance for her and, and what the girl did to help her out. And she says something like, um, you know, I've told... Uh, where is it? Um, the, you know, like, girl power goes so far, but as I've been telling Bruce for years, you know, girl power doesn't get you everything. <laughs> Can it you imagine that conversation? Girl power... <laughs> um, doesn't mean shit if you don't have real power. Yeah. Right. How did that conversation play out? He's like, she's like, you know, Bruce, girl power doesn't mean shit if you don't have real power. And he's like, I think it does, Selena. Yeah. I think girl power <laughs> does matter. This has been going on for years. This conversation. <laughs> A debate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you don't put enough stock in girl I power. I like to think it's more along the lines of like Bruce in costume saying like something off the cuff, right. like sisters doing it for themselves. And then she just yeah. like freaks out, like girl power doesn't mean shit unless you have real power. No. Shut the fuck up, Bruce. <laughs> and he just I don't like, want to keep having this talk. And then he just like looks down into his coffee, like cowl. <laughs> yeah, I'm vengeance. Yeah, of you know. he's in, yeah, yeah, he has coffee full cowl. Well, I mean, it's it's after a long night. He didn't take it off yet. <laughs> all right well thank you so much for hanging out with us you can go to patreon.com slash johnny destructo uh if you want books or comics or pins or stickers or shirts you can um hit me up and i will mail them to you and uh we will see you here next monday night at 9 p.m thank you so much it is so much fun hanging out with you guys you're the best and we will see you next week oh dan h let us know how that justice league international omnibus is uh, that's very tempting. I may have to look into that. Um, all right. We will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky. And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh,